Hello, Bridgetown, and those of you joining us online, my name is Bethany, and this is the Bridgetown Daily for Wednesday, February 17th. I've been doing the same Bible reading plan for the last 20 years now, and currently I'm back in the book of Exodus. If you're not familiar with the Exodus story, it was the time in history when the Jewish people fled from Pharaoh and his oppression and found themselves on a journey through the wilderness with the hope of reaching the Promised Land. Now, truth be told, I've always had a bit of a love-hate relationship with the story. I have this propensity to profoundly relate with the Israelites in ways that are almost startling. And yet, at the same time, I find myself with Yahweh frustrated by their behaviors, their lack of trust, and overall dismissal of his love and provision. A week or so ago, I reread the story of when Moses went to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. And look, I know what's coming every time, but I can't help but always be hopeful for a better outcome. Now, the story is a bit complex because it starts in chapter 19, and it doesn't really come to an end until chapter 34. Now, in chapter 19, Moses leads the people outside of the camp to meet with God. And it's here that we read that they stood at the foot of the mountain waiting to hear from him. Moses goes up, and the presence of God meets him there. And he gives him what we know to be the Ten Commandments these being a pathway or a roadmap to flourishing in relationship with God and to others. And for the next 12 chapters, we read about this plan or this map, and it's actually pretty stunning. Now, it's important to note that Moses had come down from the mountain after receiving from the Lord, but that he went up again for 40 days and for 40 nights to receive more, which we read in chapter 32 led to the people becoming increasingly impatient. As they waited for Moses, we see that they get to a point where they didn't want to wait any longer. And so they decide to create their own gods to worship, a sentence that is an oxymoron in and of itself. But still, they decide to create gods that they believed would help them in this wilderness, in their immediate state, all centering around what they wanted and how they wanted it. It all goes south from there and ends with Moses breaking the tablets or the Ten Commandments and having to intercede on the people's behalf for mercy. And then in a finale of sorts, we read in chapter 34, verse 6, that Yahweh, in his own words, declares that he is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. What has always been so striking to me about this text and in particular, as we've walked through this last season, is how the people grew impatient. Impatience is a peculiar thing, especially in the realm of faith. It is in many ways the result of being or feeling delayed from having the world be the way we think it needs to be. And while it can be rooted in reality, delay, at least for the apprentice of Jesus, often doesn't mean what it does for the world. When I read about the Israelite people, I usually scoff at the ridiculousness of the scenario. I mean, think about it. The presence of Yahweh God, which, by the way, had been visible in their midst in more than one way, was settling on the mountaintop. They could see it. They could see His presence and even hear the thunderous roar of God's presence. And still, after time had passed, they grew to what seems to be indifferent. They moved from dependence on what God had on offer to what they thought was better. And he was right there with all his power and all his glory. 
I've thought about this scene many times since I've read it. And while I want to roll my eyes at the foolishness of the people as I think about them reaching for something more tangible, a melted metal cow, I usually don't get much further than that. Because it's then that I am reminded of my own shameful, flagrant reaching. How I reach for my own abilities and knowledge over God's. How I easily, hour by hour, reach for control over trust when confronted with my own limits. How I, too, can reach for man-made solutions and explanations to satiate my timelines and hopes and perspectives. All the while, the Spirit of Jesus resides within me. And He, just as He settled on the mountain, has settled in me. It's then I realize that I'm not so different than these that we read about in the story. Impatience, as I mentioned earlier, is peculiar in the faith journey because it is actually, in many ways, antithetical to faith itself. In impatience lives the root of pride, the great swell of unbelief. It holds beliefs like God isn't doing this or in this time frame or how I thought He should, all of which wars with our ideas of His goodness and leadership in our lives. From our story, we see that faith and impatience can never coexist, not really. That they are, in fact, at odds with each other, as one demands dependence on God Himself and the other on the individual and their present need to have their desires satisfied. Impatience is and will be a temptation for all believers, all followers of Jesus, at least at one time or another. But what we do with it is key. In impatience, we will be tempted to bail, to give up on God's plan, His working out of our destiny, goodness, and leadership in our lives. And if we give in, we'll be drawn to make rash counter moves against the perceived obstacles in our way. Both things, when played out, even in big and small ways, can be incredibly destructive. And most of us know this from experience. There's a warning and call in this story that keeps drawing me back to this truth, that patience is the bedrock of our faith. Patience girds our fidelity to Jesus, to His plan and His call on our lives. All throughout the scriptures, we read about patience, that from it we will gain our lives, that from it we gain eternal life. And as it says in Hebrews, from it we inherit the promises of God. Friends, Patience is the fruit of our faith. And so I wonder where we need to recenter ourselves today. Where do you need to release the idols that were born of your impatience? Where do you need to confess the temptation to take matters in your own hands? Where do you need to be reminded of God's goodness and faithfulness despite His timing or delay? Would you just take a minute with me and welcome the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, will you show us now the places where we're reaching for something other than you? Now, will you remind us through a word or a scripture or image of your goodness and faithfulness? Come, Spirit of God, recenter all that we are on you and remind us this day 
that your presence is with us. Friends, I bless you to turn your attention to his presence today. And my prayer is that you would be satisfied as you wait on him.